Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Holy Father, we give you thanks for this day, these people, and an opportunity to praise you. Fill our hearts with your spirit now and always. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Back in 1993 in the NFL draft, the New England Patriots picked Drew Bledsoe. He was the first pick in, in the draft that year because I guess the, that previous year, the New England Patriots had had an abysmal season as they had had for quite some time. But Drew Bledsoe was supposed to be the hope for them, and he actually did. He turned the team around. He, he led them all the way to a Super Bowl. He won the Pro Bowl three. He was in the Pro Bowl three times. Great, great quarterback. And was really bringing that entire program around. But then in 2001, while he was on the field, he was, he was scurrying to the sidelines when he was hit by... Uh, New York Jets linebacker who just flattened him, laid him out. It was a clean and legal hit, at least by those standards. Today you can't breathe on a quarterback without getting a penalty, but that's another story for another day. But he, he went to the ground and everyone thought he had a concussion. So clearly he didn't play the rest of the game. But after the game, they were checking him out further and his pulse rate had risen. Now, there's enough nurses and medical professionals in here that you may know, um, who may know, that when you get a concussion, typically your pulse rate goes down, not up. And so the, the trainers and the professionals were very alarmed by this, and they had him checked out. And as it turned out, he had a, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, hemothorax, is that? Yeah, hemothorax. He was bleeding inside um, because something got nicked. And he was losing a pint of blood every hour. Had that, had that trainer not been observant, Drew Bledsoe would have probably died that day. But as it turned out, he was just sidelined for a little bit, which meant that his backup would be coming in, which thrilled me to no end. Because the very next weekend, they were playing the Carolina Panthers. My Carolina Panthers. And the Patriots were a good team. And now I felt like we had a good shot against the Patriots because we'd be playing their backup quarterback who came in and smoked us because his name is Tom Brady. <laughs> it's not a good surprise unless you're a Patriots fan, to which it was a wonderful surprise for the next, what, 80 years to come. And because for those of you that don't know, he became, Tom Brady is probably the greatest quarterback of all times, who just happened to be second string to Drew Bledsoe, who may have hardly ever seen the field if that injury hadn't happened. But you know, life is full of surprises, right? Some good, some bad. And it's also in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? I mean, like I said, as a Carolina fan, I was not thrilled that Tom Brady showed up. Patriots fans have been thrilled about it ever since. And, well, until they traded him. But then, you know, but last night, there might have been a game where an 8 seed team made it all the way to the Final Four to play their arch rival, who, far superior team, far more experienced coach, but they won the game. That was a wonderful surprise in my household, not so much in other people's household. 
<laughs> Sorry, John. But, but, but again, life's full of surprises, and it's all about how we look at them, right? But now some are definitely good, and, and some are, are not so good. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, a good surprise, you get a raise. You get a promotion. You meet the love of your life. You've been waiting so, for a very long time to get pregnant, and you find out that you are. Wonderful surprises. But then there's some bad surprises. A, a tragic event happens or a, a bad diagnosis. You, you lose your job. Um, you, you, the stock market crashes. All of these things can be tragic and life-changing. But one thing that, that is for sure, again, is that life is full of surprises. And no matter what, the unexpected can happen. They say expect the unexpected. And I guess we do to some extent until it actually comes our way and catches us totally off guard. The reason I bring this up is because today's gospel reading is filled with surprises. Filled with surprises. And it begins with Jesus has gathered with his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, along with his disciples. And they had thrown Jesus a dinner party. I guess, I guess when you raise someone from the dead, the way you say thank you is you invite them for dinner. I, I guess that's about, you know, sounds about right. That part is not surprising. It's not surprising that Martha was scurrying around taking care of dinner and, and Lazarus, was sitting there, Lazarus was sitting there eating and, and Mary was, you know, being married to Jesus. And so then let's start at the end of this passage. The most, one of the more surprising things is in this very nice dinner party, Jesus decides that the, the greatest mode for discussion would be to talk about the fact that he's about to die. What a Debbie Downer, you know? Of all the things Jesus could have said to, to correct Judas at that point is like, oh, well, she's getting me ready to die. Um, and so this is for my burial. What? <laughs> you know, I mean, talk about a letdown for everybody there. Jesus decides in this nice dinner party to start talking about the fact that he was going to die. But then, something else surprising that happened. After Mary had anointed Jesus' feet with oil, Judas speaks up and says, why wasn't this sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? That, in and of itself, would have been a surprising statement, knowing what we know about Judas, right? It even says so. Let me tell you, John's gospel, not very flattering to Jewish, Judas Iscariot. Every time his name pops up in parentheses, it says next to it, the one who betrayed him. Every time. And this one says he was a thief. That part doesn't surprise us. But his first statement does, though, right? The fact that Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus, is the one thinking about the poor. And let's be honest. Have we not all, or most of us from time to time, seen magnificent beauty in sanctuaries, in, in churches, um, all kinds of amazing facilities. Heard about, you know, clergy that's paid absorbent amounts. And, and we think, you know how much people could be, how many people could be taken care of if that money was just reallocated? Do we need a new, you know, 80-foot statue in front of the church when people are starving? 
Judas had a pretty good question, didn't he? Why wasn't this money given to the poor? Because honestly, as I recall, this perfume was worth about sixteen to twenty thousand dollars. I'm curious, ladies. Any of you have a sixteen to twenty thousand dollar bottle of perfume laying around? Dinky Deborah does. <laughs> Stacy doesn't. I sold it. Um, <laughs> so, so he he makes a good point, doesn't he? And it's surprising that that he would say that. And then Jesus' response is equally surprising. Uh, no, what she's doing is fine. Because again, you're not always going to have me. You'll always have the poor, but you won't always have me. That's kind of surprising, isn't it? I mean, because throughout Scripture it says that we should take care of the poor. We should, we should do these things. But I think what he is saying here is what's most important. And what's most important here is our relationship with him. That, too, is not very surprising. But what is the most surprising thing in here, the most surprising, without a doubt, is the fact that Mary is anointing Jesus' feet with oil. And let me tell you why. Number one, a woman is touching a man's feet that she's not married to. First of all, let's be honest, a lot of folks don't like to mess with other people's feet, period. But in that culture... For a woman to touch a man's feet would be unheard of. Unless, again, she was married to him. Or maybe his servant. But definitely not a friend. You just didn't do that kind of thing. I mean, you know, that would be extremely just unheard of. But then she wiped the oil off with her hair. Now, ladies... How many of you would like to have oil in your hair? Especially the kind that smelled up an entire room. Especially when they didn't have shampoo to wash it out back then. I mean, these are the kinds of things that, I mean, and back then, the beauty of a woman was considered in her hair. So the fact that she would mess up her hair like this was absolute craziness. Very surprising. But that's still not the most surprising part. The most surprising part of all of this is the fact that she anointed Jesus. That she anointed Jesus. Women would never anoint a man in that culture. Never. A man would anoint a man. But not just that culture. For many, many, many years after that, a man would anoint another man. A pope is still anointed by a man. For many years, when a pastor was ordained, he was anointed by another male pastor. That's the way it worked. Time and time and time and time for, for centuries. But not with Jesus. With Jesus, he was anointed by a woman. When he died and women went to his tomb, they were there to anoint him. Once again, what we find is that the outcast, the surprising people, the folks that aren't supposed to be doing these things are the ones that are raised up and called to do the unthinkable, the surprising, the unexpected. 
because we have an unexpected, surprising God. I mean, nothing is more unexpected than the fact that, that God loves us so much that he became human. He came to this world, and did, did we accept him? No, not in the least. That's not too surprising. We're a bunch of sinners. But what is surprising is that in spite of that, he died on the cross to save us from sin and death. And the most surprising thing is three days later, he was raised from the dead to give us the gift of eternal life. See, we have a surprising God who works miracles and uses unexpected people to do unexpected things. So the question I have for you today, my friends, is what unexpected thing is God doing in your life right now? I'll ask it again. What surprising thing is God doing in your life right now? That's something for each of us to think about. How are you being called to, to serve? Where are you being called to go? Who is calling here right now? <laughs> Sorry, Judy. Uh, <laughs> I got a text message just a minute ago, and I'm thinking, who in the world is texting me in the middle of the church? But anyway... Um, so what I was saying is unexpected callings. God calls each of you, and it's unexpected. So how is God surprising you in your life right now? I'll tell you a way that he's surprising all of us. Last September, Deacon Deborah and I realized that there were many churches in our area who were without pastors. And so we thought together maybe we should reach out to them. And so we started talking to four other churches, um, and then it became three, and then two, and then it became one other church that we've been talking about partnering with in some way. And last week, that congregation decided to continue to move forward in that con conversation. We talked about this in our congregational meeting last November. And so we still don't know exactly what it's going to look like or, or how it is or, or even if that is definitely going to happen. But what we do know is that the conversation is continuing to take place. That two congregations who are usually in competition with each other. Oh, I know churches don't compete or whatever. Um, churches that are supposed to be separate are thinking of ways to work together to further the kingdom of God. That's a surprising way that God is choosing to use us right now. Because we have a God who is a surprising God. Who uses unexpected people to do unexpected things. You know, right now in the world, people think that the church is judgmental. And, and it's condemning and that it pushes people aside. Maybe we should be surprising the world and showing them what God really wants to show, us to show them. The love, grace, and mercy that he shows to us. Unexpected people. So tell me, friends, what surprising thing is God doing in your life right now? Amen.